We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's more fun to be there live for Los Angeles Chargers football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Los Angeles Chargers and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you a 360-degree preview of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if you change your plans, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com chargers. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast, coming to you live on a Sunday evening. Uh, pretty deflating day from the Chargers, but uh, we'll dive into it as as best as we can. Uh, apologies for the late start for the live audience. Was at a family dinner, went a little bit over late, but that's okay. It's all good. We're we're back here, and uh, five minutes late is you know it's fine, I guess. Uh, Tyler is joining me tonight, man. Tyler, what's up? How you doing? Your sweatshirt looks good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's talk about that. <laughs> great. Um, had a really good time. Obviously, my voice is a bit gone. Uh, had a great time with my parents going to the game. My mom and my dad were awesome. My mom bought me this sweatshirt. Um, so it's a team store exclusive. Love that stuff. It's always the best stuff that they have. So if you want something, go to a game. Uh, or if you don't want to see a defensive performance like that, I get it. Don't go to the game. Uh, we'll talk about all that in just a bit. Oh man, what a what a day! I uh, I just wanted to come on here and talk about how awesome the Chargers' run game was. I was so fired up watching that first half and the way that they were just they were just just mauling folks up front, man. I was so excited. Um, you know, my Joshua Kelly prediction almost came true, um, but uh, instead we had to go watch the rest of that defensive performance. So. Not a uh, not a ton of uh, positive things on that side of the ball, but um, like Tyler said, we'll do our best to sift through some things. It is week one. Um, I have to preface it with that. It could be worse. That could have been the end of the season, I guess. Um, you know, so it, it is what it is. But we will uh, dive into this like uh, as best as I said. Um, Chargers ultimately losing this game, thirty six to thirty four. Um, you know, just looking briefly at the numbers, 
Uh, we'll, we'll start with the Chargers offense first. <laughs> Maybe we'll have some positive talk here at some point. Uh, Justin Hammer goes 23 of 33 for 228 yards. Uh, one touchdown and uh, no interceptions. He was sacked three times, two of which were at the end. Um, Austin Eckler, 16 carries, 117 yards and a touchdown. Joshua Kelly, 16 yards, 91 16 carries, excuse me, 91 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the team ultimately carried the ball 40 times for 234 yards, averaging six yards a carry, three touchdowns on the ground. Um, but obviously the, the biggest storyline of the day is the way that the defense performed. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa was 28 for 45 for 466 yards and three touchdowns. Did throw an interception, uh, was not sacked a single time. Raheem Mostert, uh, 10 carries, 37 yards, uh, one touchdown. So Dolphins didn't get a ton on the ground, but, you know, they didn't need any. <laughs> uh, so Tyree Kill, uh, this is the big one. Uh, 11 receptions, 215 yards, and two touchdowns on 15 targets. So Tyler, where would you <laughs> like to start? Thanks. Um, I was trying to give you some time to like formulate some thoughts. I don't know. Like I, I, I don't know where to start. So I just figured, yeah, let's, let's ramble off some statistics and, sure. and hopefully get some <laughs> get some yeah, thoughts. Going. No, let's let's talk about the good thing first, which honestly okay. was almost the storyline of the game, which yes. is how the run game started. You could say offense overall. I think the offense left some meat on the bone overall. But still, 34 points in your debut as an offensive coordinator where you like you didn't play at all during the preseason much as a group. It was Jamari and Zion for a bit, a little bit of Joshua Kelly, and that was it. Maybe some Quentin and all of like 11 Donald Parham snaps. So to see them come out and get the run game going was awesome. And I could be wrong. So I, I'm, I'm in the stands, right? So I don't I've, I've not watched the game back. All 22 is not out for us yet. So I don't know. But it felt like instead of just leaning on one tight end, you know, at the edge of the line next to the tackle and just hoping McKitty or whoever could block, they got a lot of these tight ends moving. And I thought that was really, really good and a, a benefit to the to the rushing attack. Gerald Everett, Stone Smart, Trey McKitty. We saw Hulk package. You know, there was a, there was a series of things that they did yeah. to make this run game work. Um, but in particular, it looks like the run game was great overall. But in particular, Joshua Kelly has turned into an absolutely sensational runner of the football. I don't think we saw him catch a pass today. Maybe he did. But as a runner, what he was doing and what we were watching him do on the field, I don't recall him you know, being able to bounce it outside like he has and then get more yards. And the way he was working through contact between the tackles, you name it. Um, you know, we, We've seen that from Austin Eckler, of course. We kind of come to expect that from him. But Joshua Kelly, I have not seen that version of him, I don't think, ever. We've seen good you know, in spurts, right, against like the Browns last year. But I don't recall seeing him be this good. And if that's what he can be from the jump and what he can be for the rest of the season, and that's the way the line's going to block and the tight ends smartly utilized can block, the floor for this team is awesome. I mean, Herbert didn't do a whole lot today in terms of, you know, yards or touchdowns or whatever. And they scored 34 points. They were so good rushing the football that the some of the Chargers fans around me were upset they weren't seeing deep passes. Like, they were so efficient that they just kept running the football. And <laughs> fans next to me and behind me were getting frustrated. They're like, "Where, where's the deep passes? And I'm like, they score, scored 34 points, yeah, guys. Yeah. I don't care if Trey McKinney takes 87 handoffs. If they score 34 points, it's 34 <laughs> points. So scheme players of course the line being healthy the rushing attack awesome yeah fantastic start that just elevates the floor of what they're going to do this year on offense yes on offense i think this was about as good of a game opening game that we could have imagined again this is a this is a new system like this is the, the first time we're seeing the kellen moore offense with the starters in a real game and they came out and imposed their will up front on offense. And this is a Miami Dolphins front that is really, really good, man. Like, they have some players. And up until the final drive, it just didn't matter. Like, the, the Chargers offensive line was moving people. I thought Austin Eckler was decisive. Um, 
he is injured. We'll see about that. I, I think he tried to get back in there at the end and, and tough it out, but he was definitely limping uh, several times. So there was not an, an official update there. It could have just been a, a, a little minor thing, but um, well, I, I think he's okay-ish. But um, Joshua Kelly, I thought, ran incredibly hard. By far his best game as a pro. Just so decisive. I think at times with Joshua Kelly, like there have been in the past where when he needs to bounce it, he's he's maybe a little skeptical of that bounce or he bounces too early. I thought his decisions to bounce really paid off today. And I thought that he was physical. I thought that um, the way that Kellen Moore was mixing it up with his personnel packages on the ground, with his motion, it was it was a great rushing attack. It was everything we could have dreamed of. I think if we had come on this show yesterday and said, hey, the Chargers are going to run for 240 yards tomorrow, we would have been like, okay, the Chargers won and probably easily, you know, but that, that's not the case today. So um, I thought the Chargers offense was, was mostly really good. I thought there were some clunky plays a little bit from Justin mm-hmm. Herbert in the passing attack. Yeah. I'm, I'm not concerned. I think that those will work them, work themselves out. I thought that, um, you know, Justin Herbert is too good and Kellen Moore is too good for that to be the, the output from the passing attack. Um, I'm curious to see what exactly happened on those final two snaps. But it, it uh, outside of that, I thought very clean operation. I thought the offense was smooth. And again, if we all knew heading into this game that the Chargers were going to run for 240 yards and they were going to score 34 points, we all would have been fucking stoked about the Chargers out, the Chargers out. But we all predicted a low-scoring game, and instead, it turned out to be a shootout. In part because the offense really did their thing today, and I think, like yeah. you mentioned, offensively, this unit should just put up a ton of points this year if they can run the football like this. Yeah, I didn't expect that. I, I did not expect this at all. Even Arjun was a bit more optimistic, and he had him at thirty. Chargers yeah. getting thirty-four is really impressive against this group. And it's a bummer that the last drive happened. I wish the yeah. Chargers just lost because the Dolphins scored and they won. That was it. Because they were nearly, in terms of execution, flawless for most of the game, especially on the ground. So that was that was mm-hmm. really good. The only thing I'd like to see moving forward, and we can kind of talk about this, you know, after we've reviewed more of the game, is that just some third down seemed to be a bit clunky. You know, why are we doing this pitch to Quentin Johnson here? Yeah. Why didn't we just run it on third and short here? You know, so that kind of stuff. But Again, this offense is trying to figure itself out. And look, again, if we look at two, three plays, two, three drives and go, ah, that could have been better, but they still get 34 points, I don't care. 34 points a game. If you average that for the rest of the year, that's one of the best offenses ever, right? 34 points a game, almost five touchdowns a game is fantastic. So again, great, great offense. Um, Let me find Arjun's tweet. So the rushing success rate for the Chargers in this game was 67% which is a 100th percentile performance from the unit. So that means basically when they started charting this, it's the best offensive performance in terms of success rate since 2006. And they literally just (laughs) played their first game together. Yeah. Um, Do I expect that every week? No. But then at the same time, this group rushed for 601 in the preseason, granted preseason, but I mean, 200, whatever, what was that? What was that? What is it? 234 yards. Um, 200 of them by the running backs, of course, you know, Everett getting a carry Keenan getting a carry that doesn't help your average a ton, <laughs> but you know, Eckler 7.3 yards per carry Kelly 5.7 yards per carry. And it really felt like it. Yes. Eckler had one big run, but it really felt like five, six, six, four, five, six, six, yeah. four, like it super was, efficient. Yeah. It, I don't recall maybe, maybe two plays where I feel like they gained less than two yards yeah. or something. I think there was like, one, I think there was one Wilkins like tackle for loss on that. Yeah. And that was like about it. Yeah. No. Uh, amazing. I didn't expect this. And the good news is, you know, Herbert again is, is in another year with another coordinator. He's got to learn so much, you know, toss everything out, get new things. It was great to see him working everything at the line. He'll figure things out. The passing offense will figure itself yeah. out so long as the you know, the blocking is there and if this run game keeps going. But, you know, again, Herbert could have any coordinator and he'd make it work. He'll make it work. The run game is something you need to scheme up. The run game yeah. is something that you need to design and scheme up, press the right buttons, do the right things. And so Kellen Moore just walking in and having, again, the best success rate of any NFL team since 2006 in his debut against a very good Dolphins defense. I mean, that's great. 
Yeah. I would I would love to just end the stream right here, Stephen. <laughs> I would love to just log off. Okay, we're done, everybody. <laughs> yeah, that was a great show. Bye. <laughs> oh man. Like I said, like you know, right about like the midway through the third quarter, I was like, man, like I feel really good about this game. Like the Chargers are doing really anything they want. You know, that opening drive to start the second half, I was like, I, I, I felt like I was watching a Utah game. I felt like I, I was back, you know, watching Cal Whittingham and, you know, just physical up front and oh, dominating okay. offensive line, just run game. Like I, I felt at home. And then I also felt at home because the Chargers defense kept getting torched and it just didn't matter. Um, it's just, it was really like, I'm really excited to dive into the rushing attack all 22. You know, I, I'm excited to see what that looks like and, and the things that Kellen Moore has uh, designed this week, I thought was was really, really fantastic. Um, yeah. Some things that I, I wasn't crazy about, like the the swing passes, which those are RPOs, like those, those are designed to get the defense moving one way and then hopefully you can uh, you know, get some yards after catch opportunities. I, I really want to see them do that for Quentin Johnston and Darius Davis and respectfully not to Keenan Allen. I think this is, those are opportunities that you want some, some legitimate juice after the catch. But other than that, I thought for the most part, this is a really clean game. You know, if you watch any offense of any NFL team, there are some things that happen on a game to game basis that you're probably not crazy about, you know, Andy Reed, for example, like, against the Lions had his backup tight end like motion behind the center and do a sneak with the backup tight end instead of Patrick Mahomes like some things the offenses do that that don't make sense so um, I was excited about the offense I think the offense played well the passing attack I think um, will figure itself out like I said Herbert's too good Kelmore is too good um, but man like a hundred percent success rate on the ground 240 yards I was really hoping that Kelly would get over 100 yards too, but because that would have been really awesome to see both of them get over 100. Yeah. Um, but man, that that rushing attack was was a lot of fun. Shoot, I had something I wanted to bring up because somebody brought it up. Oh, I lost it. Darn, I lost where it went. I mean, I chat. definitely have stuff to bring up about. Yeah, someone in the chat brought something up, and I wanted to bring it up. Okay. Uh, oh, sorry. Other thing, because you you mentioned it. Yeah, you. Um, I don't know if they knew this but they drafted one of the best yak receivers in college football last year. Um, <laughs> Would have been cool to see him get some chances. <laughs> just my opinion. Um, listen, you know, this is not a red shirt year necessarily, but it is not the year we expect him to have, you know, 2000 yards or whatever. The, the wide receiver one he'll eventually hopefully become. Yeah. But um, I love Keenan Allen. He's my favorite player on the chargers. I, I just think if you draft Quentin Johnson to do some of these yak things, um, Brett Coleman says, you know, Quentin Johnson's got a thousand ways to win. Let's show two of them. You know, let's yeah. show uh, two of those thousand ways to win. Because uh, I, I just feel like in many, I, I like Gerald Everett getting those to a certain extent. Like I yeah. think because he's good after the catch, because he can play with physicality, the hand off the screens. Okay, I can kind of get that. Quentin Johnson, like that's that's your guy. That's your yak guy. You drafted yes. him, I assume, for that reason, or in part because he's so good at that. Honestly, if you point to anything Quentin Johnson could do in college, it was that. You know, it wasn't even winning downfield. It wasn't, you know, running routes or whatever. It was just yak. Yeah. Missed tackles forced. So I'd love to see that moving forward, um, especially when Josh Palmer did not do a whole lot today. Yeah. But I, I don't want to speak on the receivers too much because I, I you just Not a ton watch. of opportunities, yeah. Not a ton of opportunities. Definitely wasn't their game plan. And, you know, I, I haven't watched the All-22. I've, I've watched, like, Palmer versus the 49ers where he had, like, 30 yards. Great game. Just, he was open. Just, you know, didn't work out. So, yeah, we'll see when we rewatch it. But, yeah, I would love a little more of Quentin Johnston these days. Yeah, 100%. And I, I think, like, when I went back and studied uh, this Kellen Moore offense with the Cowboys and the things that he would do, you know, that was something that stood out to me. Is like one game you'd see 40 carries like we saw today. And then the next game, you'd see him call like 15. Like he, he's going to adapt like to the game plan, to the situation. I mean, I, I, the Chargers are not in this game if they are a pass heavy approach, I think, because I just think that the way that they managed the clock on offense was really played to their advantage and kept the defense on the side. <laughs> so, um, like I said, excited to watch the rushing attack, not concerned about the passing attack. I think that'll sort itself out. That unit, I'm not worried about um sorry go ahead 
Are you about to say, are we, are we moving on? I was going to say, uh, we'll take a couple super chats here and then okay. we'll move on to the uh, other side of the ball, which is extremely concerning. Um, first super chat of the day, we had uh, make the transition. Appreciate his support as always. He's a longtime supporter. Uh, stayed up until 3 a.m. watching that game today uh, because he's deployed, probably never doing that again. I can't say I blame you, uh, but uh, appreciate you jumping in the chat and uh, supporting the show. Ooh. God bless you. I don't yes. think I'd ever do that. I don't think if they play the Super Bowl, you can tell me in the morning if they won or not. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you can stay up until 3 a.m. to watch a game. Yeah, that's different. Um, Christian Hernandez said, cool to see Herbert take control and change plays. He was very active, very, very active. Um, it felt like they kind of gave him mm -hmm. autonomy of when they wanted to go up tempo or not. It felt yeah. like he was kind of in control of that. Um, made a ton of checks for sure. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of quarterback discourse this week, which I will not be partaking a part of. Um, but I thought Herbert played, I thought he played decent and I thought he played at least at a solid level. And like I said, I think he'll continue to improve there. Yeah. I, I think he played about average and maybe even below standard for Justin Herbert, sure. which is, which is above standard for most. I think it was about average. I think there were moments where, I'd have to watch the end of the game sequence. It's so difficult to pick up things when they're on the far side of the field. Um, that didn't look so great. A couple of moments where it's like, yeah, you know, Herbert has those, you know, 1% op, you know, percent chance of making it plays yeah. once a game, twice a game. And, you know, even against the Dolphins last year, he had those great moments. Didn't look as comfortable this game, but it's, it's again, very early, even though he's, you know, deep into his career at this point, it's early in this offense. Yeah, and I got—I don't expect him to be perfect. Um, I think the team probably expects him to be perfect at this point. But, you know, um, I, the intentional grounding, I wasn't crazy about. Um, he was trying to point out that Joshua Kelly was in the area, but he threw it like 10 yards over Joshua Kelly's head. Like, that, if you're going to try and make that argument, you got to throw it at Kelly's feet. Um, and then the play where he got sacked by Kader Kohu, you got to get rid of that ball, man. Like you, you, yeah. you got to get rid of it. Uh, and that was a near safety and that could have been even more of a disaster than it was because the Dolphins scored like two plays later, but yeah. um, got to get rid of that ball. So just some little things here, but I thought her overall was, was fine. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. All right. Defense. Yeah. Sorry. One other one I wanted to touch on here. Oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry. sorry right. Yeah. Leading into it. We'll get to some of these other ones too. Um, Teresa Compapa's uh, 200 plus rushing 30 first downs, 32 minutes with the ball two zero in the turnover department. You're supposed to win, but give up 500 yards and 36 points expect to lose K nine and JC sucks. So um, that's kind of uh, appreciate Teresa. He's been a member for a really long time and we really appreciate his support. Uh, lives here in the Central Valley with me as well. So um, wanted to touch on that one, have kind of that be the transition to the defense. Um, there's a lot of J.C. Jackson discourse going online right now, and I understand it was an up-and-down performance, but we have to remember the context of what was his situation today and leading into today. This is what's the first game for him coming off of a cat, a cat catastrophic, uh, catastrophic, excuse me, uh, injury, one that it has historically not yielded great results to recovery. 
And what the response was from Brandon Staley for him was to leave him on an island all day long against the fastest receiver in the NFL that can go nuclear at any point against the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Maybe JC Jackson gets back to that point. But this, to me, this defensive performance, there are some definitely some players that take blame here on defense, and we'll get to them. But Staley, first and foremost, set the Chargers up to fail today, and particularly J.C. Jackson. That is my opinion of what happened today. Uh, Seth Walder tweeted out that the Chargers led the league in man percentage, single high coverage percentage is, is probably up there too. And you are asking a player coming off of this kind of injury to be on an island all day long against Tyree Kill. And it gets to the point where you bench him in the middle of the fourth quarter for Jasir Taylor, who we all like. But then you also ask him to be on an island against Tyree Kill. So I, I don't understand the amount of single coverage that was in the game plan today and not just single coverage. Like Michael Davis had some press reps for sure, but there were, it was free release after free release after free release against the two fastest receivers in the league. And that's the thing too, is Jalen Waddle was pretty quiet. He had like a couple catches, but like they set this team up for failure because they did not call a game in my opinion that was suited towards the opponent that they were playing. We saw yep. what they did last year, and what they did last year was a great game plan. That was not the plan that happened today, and I understand like we all want JC to be great, and he has an expensive contract, but we have to remember the context of his injury and also how this team did not set him up for success today. Yeah, that was a great mini rant there from Steven. Who does not rant as much i don't know if it was a rant but uh <laughs> well spoken there thank you yes yeah, so that is a great way to put it and you know someone asked okay can we talk about uh, everyone wants to talk about jc right or can we talk about derwin or davis or zant or jaw and at some point you realize everybody's failing like who guy, on defense I mean, played well today right Right, exactly. And we're just talking about the secondary right now, but we could talk about the whole defense. And yeah. I think in some respects, like maybe D-line is a bit more individual matchup based, but still. You look at all these players who are great players or have been great players or were drafted very high or paid a lot of money, and they all struggled. Maybe it was one play, maybe it was three plays, maybe it was the whole game, whatever. But they all struggled. And at that point, yes, they all struggled. And of course, they could play better. Everyone can play better. But that's a system issue. That, uh, that is a, a failure on the parts of whoever is putting them in these positions at that point. You know, and I said as much when someone asked me about Derwin, like, I'm a teacher. And if I have a bunch of honor students who are failing exams, mm -hmm. the exams that I give them or state assessments or whatever, that's on me at that point. Like that is on me. If my honors kids are failing these, that's on me. I am failing as an educator. Something about what I'm doing as a teacher is not working. And something today was not working. You talk about the difference between last game and this game. We saw the defensive performance last game. Outstanding. It was the, the, the game where every film person said, there is still something there with Brandon Staley and what he can do as a defensive play caller. Yeah, we can do something with this. And, and there were articles written, you know, and Sean talked about it. And Sean even said in the film community, everyone went, wow, that game was something special. Yeah. That game plan was awesome. And they threw it out. Now, I get that there's different players, right? So I feel like if you say that we can play more man because we have Derwin back and in theory, a healthy JC, but that's that's still such a big asterisk. Yeah then sure. But they went from four snaps playing man last year in a defensive dominant performance, four man snaps last year to 52 today. And if you're playing 52 man snaps, like as a whole defense, not just one player, and that's 80% of your snaps, that means that 
you carried that into the second half. It's not like you went into the game. You said, hey, we'll try something different. Because I, I, I get that. You can't just do the exact same thing. Right. Maybe you could have. <laughs> that might have worked. That's what the Dolphins do. The Dolphins did the exact same <laughs> shit as last year. <laughs> you know, but I, I get it. You want to change things up, show something different, fine. But if you hit 80% of playing man in this game, that means you did that in the second half too. So what were the adjustments there? I don't know. All I know is looking at last game we saw them till now, because I seen some people like, hey, it's week one. We're overreacting. Sure. In a vacuum, it's just the first week of the season. A yeah. lot can change. Well, let's look back at the last two games we saw the Chargers play, the embarrassing loss to end the season, and this one this year. The defense has given up 54 first downs, 926 total yards. They've only generated two sacks, and they allowed 66 points in those two games. If you're just looking at this game, they've allowed the most offensive points this week. Granted, it's one week. They are last in yards per play, and they are last in total yards allowed. As Arjun shared with us, the Steelers are 31st in the league uh, after week one. And again, it's week one with 5.9 yards per play allowed. That's 31st in the league. Steelers got trounced by the 49ers. I, I didn't see that coming. Understandably so. Right. 5.9 yards per play allowed. And the Chargers are dead last with 8.4. So the Steelers got brutalized in that game by the 49ers. Great scheme, Shanahan, all that sort of jazz. 5.9 yards per play allowed. Chargers, 32nd in the league with 8.4. Tua had the fourth most passing yards in a week one game in NFL history. What happened? What happened? No, okay. I'll also say this. Credit to the Dolphins. Credit to Daniel, Tua, Tyreek Hill went off. He caught everything that could go his way. Tua made great plays. I've never seen a game like that from him, I think. Maybe the Ravens in like week one last year. That was a great game. So I'll give him credit for there. Of course, you got you have to, right? But nobody played a good game. The game plan altered significantly, and it didn't work. And nobody played a good game on defense. And I, I don't have any answers. I don't have any answers for the, for the defense. What changed? Why did it change? Who changed it? I have no idea. But there's way too much talent on this team, on this defense, I should say, which I believe is paying the most money this year to its starters among anybody else in the league. That is in correct. The third year of this system with players who are familiar with this system, there's there's no excuse. My title for this thumbnail was inexcusable. And it is. There's no excuse. And I you know I, I don't I, being wrong happens, right? We're wrong all the time. I hate being embarrassingly wrong. And because I thought, you know, you lose Armstead, you have the entire off season to prepare for this game. And it's not like you're looking ahead to the Chiefs next week. Like, respectfully, it's the Titans. Put up 16 <laughs> points today. The Titans, yeah, their offense was <laughs> shit. <laughs> so, like, you're focusing on this game, right? Because you know yeah. McDaniel's doing the same thing mm -hmm. and you give up. A historically bad performance, and you were the yeah. laughing stock on defense in week one. I have no answers. Maybe you do. Maybe the chat does. Uh, but that was that was rough. Again, being wrong is fine, but being embarrassingly wrong, embarrassingly wrong to the point where I thought I believed this defense would hold them to twenty, and and thank goodness it wasn't forty three. Thank goodness they fumbled at the two yard line by yes. themselves. Otherwise, it would have been forty three. Yeah, like this is, I mean, Tyreek was the explosive player. And I, and I do think that Tua played well. Um, but they, they had receivers running free all day long. And it wasn't just Tyreek. You know, it was uh, Durham Smythe, who I didn't even know was, I didn't even know his name heading into today. Braxton Berrios was wide open three or four times when he got passes. Like this other guy, uh, Carcatcher, I think his name is, like, Mike McDaniel called himself a, a great game and the Dolphins executed and they deserve credit for that. But the way that the Chargers executed this game plan today and called this game today, like they, they handed this performance to the Dolphins on a silver platter. And I, I saw earlier in the chat, you know, and I think you pointed this out too. Like if you have your corners at playing at their absolute best peak performances and you you are getting the best version of Michael Davis and the best version of JC and the best version of Sante Samuel Jr. And you call that kind of game. 
I can kind of understand that. You might give up some big plays to to Tyreek Hill. I can kind of understand that. But there was just no adjustments. The only adjustment really was benching JC and putting in Jasir Taylor. It was it was a, it was a brutal day. And yes, it's week one. Yes, it can improve. I do think JC will improve. I think that he just needs to get his sea legs under him. I don't know if he'll ever get back to that same kind of you know player that he was in New York, but I do think JC will get more comfortable. But the way that this defense played, like I just like I don't know how I'm supposed to be confident in this unit going up against the Jets with Aaron Rodgers and going up against you know, the Bills with Josh Allen and the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and the maybe potentially the Bengals with Joe Burrow in the playoffs. Like it's just, it's so hard for me to have confidence at this point. The one thing that we all thought, meaning like we on this show is that the defensive line Mm -hmm. would assert their will against a subpar offensive line. They could maybe heat up to they could stop the run at a high level, you know, and that didn't even happen. I'm like, I thought that Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack would have huge days. And maybe that was just, I'm not familiar with Austin Jackson's game and I'm not familiar with Kendall Lamb's game. But respectfully, Khalil and Joey did not play well today. They played very, very bad. And this was a, you know, an embarrassing performance for those two in particular. They've talked a lot about this offseason and, you know, how the two of them are going to be balancing each other out. And like, they're so excited to get back with, to, with each other. Uh, the premature numbers are six total pressures from the from the two of them against a backup left tackle and Austin Jackson who I don't know he could become a good player but listen man like this is a guy who Dolphins fans were calling a bust halfway through last season like this was a game prime for Joey and Khalil to dominate and instead they put out probably the worst performance that either the either of them have put out in quite some time so Staley deserves a lot of blame, but the defensive Mm -hmm. line did not show up today. And we said on this show yesterday, I said on the show yesterday, there were no excuses for the defensive line not to have an impact. And none of them, not, not Morgan Fox, not Sebastian Joseph day. Scott Madlock had like a couple moments. Thule had a good moment. I will say Thule had some good moments, but you would have thought this were the fucking Philadelphia Eagles against this defensive line up front, man. Like it was, (laughs) it was embarrassing. And again, like if you're doing a blame pie chart for this game, the vast majority for me is the coaching staff, Coach Staley Mm -hmm. and Khalil and Joey in particular. Those are the two players that I am like most frustrated with after today. Yeah, I'm curious what the official stats will be. I felt initially and again, trying to keep up with what's going on at the game during the game. It felt like Joey always had a tight end or someone to his side. It's like, okay, like maybe they're going to stop him today, you know? But so there's no other excuse though for the other two or if they were trying to stop Mac or whatever. Point is, we were tallying up the number of sacks they were going to get and not one, not two, not three. (laughs) And it was just zero. It wasn't even like they had an average game or a below average game. They were basically just invisible. Yeah. And you know, it, it wasn't very complimentary, right? Like they, the Dolphins would find ways to throw it faster. Sure. They'd find ways to run outside or throw outside or whatever. Um, and then the defensive line would maybe get a decent rush, but then the coverage wouldn't work. The coverage wouldn't work or was working, but then the defensive line wouldn't do anything. Someone would break free. So it wasn't very complimentary. But like you said, I think, especially with the defensive line, it's just, it's, it's not as simple as just matchups. But sometimes it just is. And you need to beat your guy who's inferior to you and not paid as well, nor is he highly drafted, nor is he as experienced, nor is the talent around those guys, you know, on the offensive line as strong as the guys on the defensive line. Yeah. So I don't know what happened. If their goal was to stop the run, cool. (laughs) You know, I mean, that is a goal, right? And I guess like to a certain extent, it wasn't seven yards per carry, so that's cool. Um, it was just 466 yards from Tua against your 98% completely healthy defense. And yeah, the defensive line was a complete letdown. And there's many games to go, but they needed to do better. And 
I mean, that, that's really it. There's nothing else there. Those two in particular need to do better. I get with the, you know, hey, let's let's get Thule out there. Let's trade for somebody. But, like, they're stuck with this duo right now. This is the duo that's going to play the whole season. You know, we're not benching Joey. We're not benching Khalil. That'll never happen. So this is it. What do you got the rest of the way? It's got to be better than today. And it doesn't get easier than the line that they were facing today without their best player. There are much better lines down in the line. You know, the Chiefs, like, yeah, their their tackle situation wasn't great. Or is it, it's currently not that great. The interior is better, but I mean they're better. You know, can't win that game. The Raiders tackles, you know, with, with Colton Miller, Miller, they're better. You're not winning those games. So, I don't know. That was a massive disappointment. And again, I hate being embarrassingly wrong. And you know, I, I thought, gee, you know, the over on the Chargers getting sacks, you know, on, on Prize Picks, the the more or less was set at two. And I figured that's the easiest bet you could easy. possibly make. <laughs> yeah, put it at four. I would have bet more. But nope, zero. Unbelievable. Yeah, man. it's it. That was frustrating. You know, for me, like the player perspective, like I, it's it was just tough to watch. You know, like they... They have so much talent on that side of the ball. And, and maybe I overvalue that talent. But like you this is a game that you should have at least made some kind of impact. You know, like this is a Dolphins offensive line that is subpar, like in comparison to other offensive lines that they'll face next week. They don't play a very good offensive line either. And like are you know, it's going to be a very different game plan, extremely different game plan that they're going to go up against. But, you know, like uh, Andre Dillard and, uh, Petit Fur is not even playing for them because he's suspended. Like it's just the Titans offensive line is terrible, but like, it's just, it's tough for me to feel confident about this. Um, you know, we had a super chat earlier from Christian. How much longer mm-hmm. are we hyping Bosa and Mac just for them to never show up? I think never is a, is a tad harsh. Um, but I am frustrated at this point. Um, go get Brian Burns, uh, Brian Burns is asking for a lot of money right now that the Chargers do not have long term. So I get it. I understand the frustration. I appreciate the super chat. I'm sure he's just venting a little bit like the rest of us. Yeah. Um, Trevor with a super chat earlier. I get it's one game, but I don't know how you can have confidence. Daily and defense are going to stop any good offense they have left. So discouraging. I think we can both agree with that statement. Yeah. It's going to come down to a point where. You know, can the opposing team score 35 points? Yes. Okay, I'll, I'll probably pick the Chargers to lose. And as I see the passing game start to come along as well. Yeah, it, it is very discouraging. This is, you had an entire offseason. And yeah. everybody healthy and everyone you wanted. And historic bad performance. Yeah, that, that's another thing too. Is like if you took like last year's Dolphins defense... <laughs> put it with this year's game and this was the result. I'd be like, yeah, well, like they're injured, you know, they, they're decimated. They were completely healthy today. They had all off season long to prepare for this team. Obviously you're not like only focusing on the dolphins all off season long, but you know, just, it's just really frustrating. that this was the result that they came out week one with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bull Brett, appreciate Brett. That's great uh, stuff for us in the past from a graphics perspective. Always appreciate him. Kellen Moore was brought in to light up the scoreboard, not because he can, but because he has to. Uh, yes, unfortunately, that does seem like that is the case. Man, the Cowboys defense, though. Did you see them? Woo. Well, I didn't watch it, but I, I saw the part where Dak threw a buck 40 and he, <laughs> and he won by 40. So I'm going to assume the defense played pretty darn well. Yeah, they had eight sacks. They forced five fumbles. They had a pick six, another interception, and for good measure, they blocked a field goal and returned that for a touchdown. Yeah, I'm not picking the Chargers to win that game currently. I'll tell you that right now. No. <laughs> no, thank you. No. Uh, Rossi Johnson, if defense continues to make opposing QBs look like superheroes, at what point do you think they move on from Staley or you think they'd write it out? I don't necessarily want to get to this conversation yet. I Staley is going to get a whole season and, and he's hopefully going to bounce back from this loss. Uh, 
and uh, figure some things out. Yeah, I think it's a whole season, regardless. I mean, we Anthony Lynn was a that was a bad year, right? But I don't think it'll get worse than that. And that was a whole year, so I, I think I think it'll be the whole year. But let's something we can visit some other time. Yeah, Anthony Lynn got all of 2019 and all that of too. 2020. <laughs> it was it was not fun. I'm curious to get your thoughts here about this one from uh, Michael Lopez. Can we talk about what the plan is with Derwin? His rookie season, his best season, according to Michael. Gus had him in the box a lot. Playing mm-hmm. him as a deep safety is not it. What do you think here? My understanding, I could be wrong, but I feel like Derwin played less deep safety today than he has recently. I know JT Woods had, I think, 12 coverage snaps. And that's just in coverage. So he probably played like 20 snaps in total. Mm-hmm. That's more, I think, than you know the starting or the third safety would have played last year. With everybody healthy so I, I thought he was playing around the box quite a bit um the difference is for whatever reason that first year and it's it's been a while now and a whole different stadium a whole new coach a whole new coordinator a couple of coordinators ago it just worked and everything in front of him and downhill and sideline was just phenomenal and of course in coverage too like his his debut play was that deep ball pass breakup yeah so i, I don't really know what it is but again like we've been talking about there's just something about too many all pro pro bowl high paid high quality players not having their moments to shine so again i i don't know what it is but it's not working i do think with derwin i like the way that staley uses him as a pass rusher more often than gus did because gus never blitzed ever in his life (laughs) um except for when he was with the raiders for whatever reason um, and I like the way that he allows Derwin to like man cover players more often, you know, like it, Staley gives him more opportunities to make impact plays as a pass rusher and as a coverage defender. Um, I don't know how many deep safety reps he's, he's playing. I don't think he played a ton of deep safety last year. I do think that the way you move around Derwin puts a lot of stress on other people, particularly the other safeties. Um, but I, I don't really have an issue with the way that Brandon Staley uses there when I think that's one of the best things about Brandon Staley's defense at this point. Sure. That's just my opinion. Like, like, I don't think we ever really saw Gus Bradley isolate Derwin James, like one-on-one or like allow him to, you know, match up with slot receivers or allow him to rush the passer all that often. So I think you could do some mm-hmm. trimming with Derwin, but. Like I, I, I prefer watching Derwin in this defense than I did with the Gus Bradley defense. I agree. I still don't think he's, he's done anything as strong as his rookie season, but I think it's fair. Not many safeties have either. That's very true. It's a very rare season. Uh, some guy appreciate it. Some guy, <laughs> lots of premium players on D, but rarely a premium performance inconsistent mm-hmm. play going back to last year. Another hot and cold year will equal new head coach. Yeah, it was tough because, again, like last year, there was the one that this game last year was the performance and sort of the 49ers game. Yeah, very inconsistent. There was that stretch where everyone's like, oh, my, look at the turnaround and everyone's defense is rallying. And it's like, yes, that was Baker Mayfield, Nick Foles. And then they kind of low key got torched by the Broncos. But it's like, OK, that's the end of the year. Um, yeah, I. I inconsistent again there are defenses who are just historically or have been for several years you know what you're getting it's a slugfest no matter what it's gonna be tough and the chargers don't have that the chargers don't have that no one's looking at the chargers and going "Ooh, like that's a really good defense i think i think everyone says it's a very talented defense right a lot of good players i'm sure i'm sure the press conference this week is that a lot of good players a lot of talent but no one yeah. says that's a really good defense. It's a great defense. That's the Chargers defense. There's no, there's no, well, I, I was going to say steel curtain, but that's not good after today. But like, there's no, <laughs> you know, there's no, like, there's no thing with the Chargers where it's like, that's their defense. Oh my gosh, they're so yeah. good. Um, yeah, very inconsistent, unfortunate. No, but I think your, like, your overall point is, right? Like, teams like the Bills come to mind in this kind of conversation. You know, last year they were 32nd on adjusted games losses lost on defense. They were still top 10 defense because it's just like, they're so well coached. They're so solid. 
everybody knows their jobs. Everybody, you know, depth people can come in and, and perform well. How many times have we seen the Ravens just get decimated by injuries? Like again, today, unfortunately for the Ravens, um, every single year, very solid, high end performing defense. The Steelers got cooked today, but like, I still expect their defense to be really good on the season. So the consistency factor I was hoping would be kind of like the factor that would change the defense this year. And just having like more stable players in, in these spots would, would really make that difference. And it just, it, it hasn't panned out yet. Again, it's week one. This could be nothing. This could just be a, a one-off performance. The Dolphins did the same exact thing to the Ravens last year. But it's just, for me, it's more about just kind of like the, the signs of the same. You know, like it, it, it's not something that, like if this were a one-off performance like the Ravens against the Dolphins last year, I'd maybe kind of chalk it up as a wash. We'll see what happens. Defense can bounce back. We just haven't seen this level of consistency yet on defense. Maybe they can still put it together after this year, but it shouldn't have looked like that today. Nah, I I would have lost every bet. Didn't expect this. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got a lot of super chats today, so appreciate you guys. I'm I'm honestly surprised how many people are in the chat today. I uh, was not thinking many people would tune in for this one, but I appreciate all of you. Uh, LA Chargers fan. I was at the game. Tua was staring downhill and they could not do anything to stop him. The running game and offense are the only things giving hope. And that is, that's a fair assessment, right? Cause the offense is going to keep the chargers in every single game, whether or not they can make enough plays on defense is a different conversation. But I also do agree that this was Tua staring down Tyreek, like every chance he got, because why wouldn't you, when your receiver is doing those kind of things. So um, I don't know if you agree with that being at the game, but, um, it certainly felt like that watching that. It was like, okay, he's throwing it. Okay, it's Tyreek. Okay, big play. Yeah. Yep. And it was short plays too. Some of the short stuff worked. The 15-yard stuff worked. And then it was the bombs that worked. It was, yeah, I think Tua finished. Not Tua, excuse me. Tyreek Hill finished with 15 targets. Yeah, 11 catches, 215 yards, two touchdowns. Sometimes you can't stop a player. Um, we've seen like, I don't know, Justin Jefferson go off on the defense, for example. And you just couldn't stop him. But you stopped the team. That and you know the defender that was covering him most of the game was um, Tyson Campbell. No, not Tyson Campbell. <laughs> Tavon Campbell. Tavon Campbell. Thank you very much. Um, sorry. Respectfully, <laughs> it's not Michael Davis, <laughs> J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., who are drafted high, paid highly, etc. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Joseph Levine, a lot went bad, obviously, but what upsets me most are the constant third and fourth and long conversions. Three years of this nonsense is unacceptable. There were there was a lot of times where I was like, okay, they got them in third and long. Mm-hmm. They can heat him up, like get after him. And there was Tua's best play of the day was that uh, I think the <laughs> rare time where Joey and Khalil both got pressure and Tua rolled out and he threw that, he bulleted that pass to Braxton Berrios on the sideline. But that was just kind of that was kind of the story of the day. Like he's saying, you know, anytime that the Chargers did have some situations that were um, more advantageous, the Dolphins still would uh, would take advantage of them. Yep. Yeah, the, a great rollout. I think it was third and fifteen, which last game, you know, last time they played him would have been a death sentence for the offense. Tua escapes, rolls left, hits a player for fifteen yards on third and fifteen, like. And again, credit to credit to the Miami and credit to Tua for making those plays, but just could not get off the field. And it's unfortunate in those moments, like that, that's your bread and butter. If nothing else, third and 15 should be the moments where your defensive line shines. And this, instead, you know, maybe someone pressured him to get him out of the pocket, but picked it up. And it's the same song and dance. Yeah. All right. I don't think there's any other super chats that we need to discuss, but um, it was a tough one, man. It was it was not how I wanted to start the season. You know, all uh, I'm a big believer in like the whole 24 hour thing. I, my brain has been conditioned from that, uh, from playing sports my whole life. Uh, you know, we'll uh, record for the team later this week. I'm curious to see how that one goes, but. Um, watch the film of at least the offense. I'm not sure if I'll watch the defense, but I'm going to watch the offense for sure. Um, oh, I guess that's fair. Uh, JLG pointed out Cameron Dicker hit from 50 today. JK Scott had a couple good punts. So 
special teams was for the most part pretty good. Uh, JK got kind of hosed on having the kick from the half inch line, but yeah, you know, special teams was pretty good today. Yeah, I feel bad with that one. Of course, you want a better punt, but it was like, okay, here's the least <laughs> amount of room possible we could give yeah. you yeah. to kick. Uh, so I get it, but then you know, punting to the 35 isn't great, but it's better than I could have done. Um, but otherwise, really solid game, really, really good punt that was almost down that like you know, the one ish or whatever. I think Jaw tried to get there, tried to like throw it back over his head, but it was a really good punt. Like, there was so much time for them to get there. I'm actually surprised they didn't get it. Yep. So, shout out to JLG for pointing out the special teams. I, I, I do think that you have to uh talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chorizo back with a super chat. At least we didn't look like the Bengals. Very, very true. Very true. That was bad. Yeah, amazing. Uh, everyone that got paid this offseason to play quarterback <laughs> in the 2020 class uh, did not play as well as the Jordan Love yeah. and Tua Tonga Vailoa. Yep. Jordan Love looked good today from what I mm-hmm. heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jacob respects CFL legend Tavon Campbell. Nice. Yeah. One quick thing, because I forgot to mention this. The thing about JC Jackson, him coming back, I will give, like, honestly, watching the game, there were some good pass breakups. There were some bad plays. The The thing that really bugged me the most were the two boneheaded plays. One was the, you know, what backed the Chargers up into their corner at the, the, the four-yard line or whatever. You get the interception, take a knee. Even if you have an 18-yard return, that's still not as good as a 20-yard, you know, touchback or, you know, kneel down in the end zone. Yeah. That was a bummer. And then, of course, the PI that gave the Chargers, or excuse me, gave the Dolphins a free shot at three points. Like, even if you're not physically there and there's still some recovery to go, don't make the mental mistakes. You've been out there for too many years. You've played too much football to take the ball to the four-yard line where there was clearly nowhere to go and then commit defensive pass interference uh, on a a Hail Mary. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, luckily the Chargers came out in the second half and took some of the momentum back. But the way that that second, that first half went down was, was really unfortunate because he wasn't even making a play on the ball. It was, he was a blatant defensive pass interference. So um, I, I'm going to give JC some grace overall, because like I mentioned, the context sure. of the situation matters, but those two plays definitely inexcusable. I do agree with that. I think that's a fair assessment mm-hmm. of what happened today. Yeah. All right. Tyler, any other thoughts, man? Uh, I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, go to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. A little less enthused for the week when the Chargers lose, but I'll make it work. Yeah, we'll figure it out. And uh, the good the good thing for both of us is that we probably are not going to like have to like dwell on this uh for too long cuz our jobs keep us on our toes working in education. You don't really get the the chance to dwell on things. So uh, we'll see. How I'll, no, I'm going to dwell on this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to dwell. Well, yeah. Fair. <laughs> the whole your week. Kids, your kids watch the show, so they're going to ask you about it. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sure. They're going to let me hear it. One of them's a Rams fan, too. They're going to let me hear it about the Rams beating the Seahawks. Anyway, no, no other. <laughs> Drop a like before the season that stream ends. Yes, yeah. I appreciate that from the. I find it almost like when the Chargers lose, we get more viewers. Hundred percent. I don't know why, because we're not like particularly ranty or pessimistic. I don't know if it's just because we bring up some stats sometimes to tell you just how bad it was. But um, hey, I'm gonna be nice to my students this week, Alan. <laughs> I I'll be nice to them, but they do have a quiz tomorrow, so we'll we'll see. Ooh. Um, I won't even grade. I'll just, I'll just stamp. I'll just stamp. I'm going to grade it. Everyone gets an A. Just if you're watching it, if you're grade. watching this, go study. Yeah. Go study. Go study. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, seriously, appreciate all of you guys. This has been a great turnout tonight. Uh, hopefully next week we can come here after a win and have a, have a much more positive conversation. Uh, so we will be um, recording for the team uh tomorrow that episode will be up on wednesday um we we published like nine videos this week um so the the turnout was fantastic i appreciate jameson alex alex and arjun uh for cranking out those videos um we'll do it again this week uh so make sure you stay tuned for um all of those shows we'll keep you guys posted on the rest of our live shows this week 
Um, sincerely appreciate all of you guys. And that's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you later. Uh, bolt up, I guess, at this point. Have fun dwelling. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.